All right, ready to go. Um, I haven't looked at the stats of the last videos. Refresh the moment. I think it did better than the previous one. Yeah, sixty-three views, which is you know anything's good now, but you know sixty-three views, five likes. Um. I guess I wanted to bring up, if anybody comments, we'll try to, you know, read comments and reply to those comments, but I don't think we've had a comment yet. Um, one, it was some spam guy. Oh, well, spam email or spam stuff, but just try to incorporate fans or anybody who's paying attention, and then, you know, it could be like a spotlight thing, but then also sure. the same thing with uh, Discord. Um, since... If we're going to make this Discord, I guess, populated or, let's say, boost people in it, we need to have moderators for it to update it because, you know, it's a lot of work for us or me to do. So if anybody wants to get involved, try to get somebody to do that to help us. Because, uh, you know, each, I have sections for each major company. And then, you know, if somebody finds, like, article, they could post it in there. But it's one of those things. Maybe down the line, get some moderators so we don't have to do all the work. Somebody can just moderate if they find something that's posted in Discord. Um, yeah. but The Discord's in the in the overlay. I haven't made a... Well, you made a Facebook. I haven't made got the link yet. And then also Twitter, we need to get that one. Other than that... Uh, I know we're kind of a week late on the clash. I guess we can start there since that's kind of old news and then move on. Okay. Anybody, um, anybody can start. Go have, you start. have you done the music yet? Yeah, everything's going. Yeah, it's ready to go. Oh, well, gee. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. were waiting on no, that. No, no, that's right. We're recording and talking. <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead. Don't matter me. Well, I, I actually watched the clash late. I ended up watching it on YouTube. Um, the only thing I saw notable, I mean, it was, overall it was good racing, uh, good short track racing. Uh, but when um, whenever uh, who was it? Ryan Priest hit the wall. No, Justin Haley. Um, Justin Haley hit the wall. Um, my concern is how, how how much damage was done with that wall contact. I, I watched it, and I think with the barrier, I think because they were just removable barriers, I think it caught the edge of the barrier. It was like, a you know, it hit straight of a, like an edge of it. That's why I think it did so much damage. But yes, it did a lot of damage for for hitting a wall. But I also think it hit a corner of one of those barriers, which did a lot of damage. Yeah, it got right. torn apart for... Um. Going we've what, seen, 70, 80 miles an hour? Right. And we've seen short track races, Bristol Martinsville, where they hit the wall either inside or outside, and we're able to keep racing just from minor damage. You know, uh, my concern is is how many cars are going to, going to be out of a race with compared to before with unrepairable damage to that new new front new front tire, new tires way it's made up and I'm, that kind of thing. I'm worried that if a tire blows, the guy's going to be done for the day because it's going to cause so much damage. Right. That too. Before they could, you know, 
cut it out, put a new fender on, tape it up, go. Now I think it's going to cause too much damage, but we'll see. Because that car, Justin Haley's car, to me, got destroyed for just hitting the inside wall. And he wasn't even going that fast. They said the average speed was only 39.0. Yeah, and it it wasn't going very fast. And yeah, he hit it hard, but I also think he clipped one of the wall barriers. But to me, it disintegrated by impact. Before, you know, this is all... Whether plastic and carbon fiber, and you know, the, right. that's before it was all tin and metal, and they could pound it out. And I don't think they can do that now. Like, if someone gets has in any type of inconvenience, their car is going to be done. Not to mention, I was NASCAR should be embarrassed by their cars, drivetrains or transaxles just going out on a pace lap, right? Caution laps, two of them. In the same time, it was uh, Chase Briscoe and somebody else. Brian, Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick, yeah, both of them went out at the same time on caution laps. All right. NASCAR's comment on that, I read the article. Overheated. A, uh, where everyone calls it a transaxle, they're calling it a, a prep shaft, a prop shaft. Yeah. Uh, Regardless, it shouldn't. I don't think it tr- yeah, that it. part shouldn't right. go out on a caution lap. Right. Just by because they're warming up tires goes out. What? I was blown away by that. And then Denny Hamlin, he said a belt came off and it took a hose. So that was. And and I'm, I'm, I guess this is being a little. I wasn't sure. Did the cars actually have belts before? I believe they oh, did. Yeah. yeah. They yeah they had belts. So I like I said I think this is just a that would have happened to any car a belt coming off taking off a hose. But I've never heard of it happen before. That's what that's what surprises me. I've never heard that incident a belt breaking at a at a, at a track at a race. Oh, I have. Or have you? Lots okay. of oh, many times power steering belts come off. Yeah, remember and... Ryan Newman called what when at Pocono they have Ryan Newman yeah. Pocono. So that's why they called him the Iron Man because his power steering belt he had no power steering. Yeah. Well, on, on my comments, I'm going to start out on the positive side. Um, Very little. They had, I'll, I'll get, well, <laughs> I'm starting with the good stuff. To their um, credit, they had 4.3 million viewers. Yeah, they it had a lot of a, views, yep. Uh, up 168% from the year before, and the most since 2016. So I'll give them props for that. Other than that, I don't know. I hope they never do this shit again. On top of that, they had really good sales of merchandise. Right. Well, yeah, when 70% of your people that come through the gate have never been to a race, and of those, 50% when asked could not name one single driver. Yeah. All right? (laughs) I get the expanding the, 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 the base, but damn it, man. If you're going to spend that kind of money and put on a show like that, do it for people that appreciate and understand. Don't take it to these yuppies out there. I had turned the goddamn TV off. Pitbull? Iced tea? Mariachi bands? What the hell is going on? And during caution, they had a DJ playing? Give me my sport back. Yeah, they went, they went. I was sick to my stomach with the day's events. Why did I give a good damn that Daniel Suarez eats his way through L.A.? 
in the pre-show. Why do I care about that? Why do I want to see Kurt Busch on a roller coaster with Larry McReynolds? What does that have to do with on track? Nothing. Can so- I'm, I'm asking. Serious. Nothing. It has nothing to do with it. I mean, let's go back to, and I can remember times the 500, they'll show, before the race, they'll show the guys fishing and, and, and the lake or whatever in the middle. I'd much rather see that than... Right, but I guess it's I guess it's it's at that venue they're trying to find something something the drivers are doing off track. Okay, well we see them fishing or whatever other track. This is what they were doing here. Just something different. On your at least at Sonoma they're drinking wine. Right, right, correct. It has something to do with the track. Right, it's it's the venue location. Um, On the music, I'm going to say this. I don't like the music. It's not my taste. I agree with you. I want the sport back to what it was, but it's never going to be what it was. What NASCAR is trying to do at this point is feed into the younger crowd, try to get more fans in. Okay. So they're trying to find ways to feed into the new crowd. I don't agree with it. I don't like it, but that's just the way it is. I'm more worried. And it's not going to go back to what it was. So as us, as older fans, we're going to continue to watch the race and enjoy the sport. There's going to be things they throw in there that we're not going to like or agree with. And unfortunately, that's just life in, in, in our day and age. And I will, I can see that. I, I mean, I understand that. But I'm also irritated with the money that they threw away. That is mine, yes. Because they, they, what, spent two, three months making it and... There's already pictures. The next being torn morning, out. it was gone. Yeah, it's being torn apart already. Why don't you take that kind of money and and prop up a North Wilkesboro, a, a Rockingham? I'm just using those as two tracks that are begging for funds and begging for NASCAR to come back, or any town USA. Find at least a quarter mile or bigger track. I don't care if it's in well this time of year. You can't do it in Connecticut, but somewhere where you can drop this kind of coin, make the upgrades, get it race. And then when you leave, it's going to be appreciated. It's going to be used. And maybe someday we can take the Arcas there or the trucks there, or maybe they can do these kinds of upgrades and spend in preparation of putting said track. And then I'll take it even one step farther. Get the fans involved, do a fan vote, to try and get, you know, have, you know, and then you take the top three, have have it out there for four months, five months, whatever, like they do most popular driver, mm-hmm. and then take the top three tracks that get the most votes and then have some kind of a lot lottery to pick the track you're going to for the clash next year and, and make a big, tel- make it a half hour TV show uh, on, t- you know, of the, the voting, the tracks, and then visit some of the tracks that were, say, in the top 10, do a little narrative on them, and then narrow it down to the top three, and then do a lottery to, to pick which one gets it. I, I like that. Another thing I would suggest on top of that, if you want short track racing on the West Coast, build us a short track race. I was going to say, why don't, you, why don't you just build a track, buy the land, yeah. buy the plot, build a track, and then you can expand it because to... Because can't other- get people there. Why do you think California went down to one race? Why do you think Riverside got taken off the schedule? Right. 
That's what I'm saying. But don't just make a track. Don't put it in California. Just make a track. If they really want to do that. That's my point. Make a track. If they don't want to upgrade other tracks or they don't own them, how about you just go buy a 20-acre plot of land and build a track? That's a a possibility, too. Now, I will say something on your comment about getting people there. Some people, they didn't care for the long race of California or all the long race of Riverside Road Trust. Short track racing will draw people, okay? I think a good short track in that location, like the, like the Coliseum did, will draw fans, will draw new fans, and will be good for NASCAR in the long run. We may not agree with the kind of fans they're drawing, okay? But they're drawing people into the sport. All right, let, let's, let's extrapolate that out a little bit because I think NASCAR is just tone deaf enough to do this. They're going to look at their TV numbers and, and all that and – they they claim that they had 50,000 people there. To me, in a stadium that cl- holds 85 to 100, that's nothing. All right? But, all right, fine. Y'all so proud of yourself and done breaking your arms on your back? Do it again next year, and let's see if you can match the numbers. I'll bet you don't. You might not. Um, a, lot of what may have drawn, a lot of what may have drawn people to this one particular race was new car, new track, Short track racing. I'm a, I'm, I like the short track racing. I think racing wasn't bad at all. The fact that the breakdowns were there, that one wreck. If you had the pole for any one of the heats, you you were great, man. You were awesome because you won the race. There's like one or two guys could actually push up through, and that was Chase and Kyle Larson could push up through. I, that. Honestly, Frank, for these cars, I I do want to see some. I I'm I'm really gonna kind of try to reserve my judgment until we do Martinsville. You know things like that, but I think I want, this, see, I want to see how many survive Bristol. Right, but this was this track was too small for those cars. Nobody could pass. No. The only way you passed is in the pits or if there was a wreck. But again, it's their thing. I'm just, and you got to understand from my point of view, I don't like heat racing. I don't like this last chance qualifying crap. You want to qualify, you do it all at the same time, you get your position, and you race 500 laps. That's yeah. that's my point. I just... Uh, I, I didn't care for that format either. I, I, I agree with you there. Um, I but think, all, I think the reason they did that was so they could fit another mariachi band in there. Or or somebody to sing. I mean... It made it a spectacle. Were, it was like taking intermissions well, half time so they could put another performer in there. It wasn't to reorganize or they had the drivers for the next heat on the infield. So they didn't need that kind of time to get it go, get the next one going. I'm gonna look at it from a different perspective. On the heat races, okay? Maybe NASCAR is using this to go back to old school short track race, Saturday night races, where they had their heat races, like the sprint cars or whatever, the sprint, okay? And it made qualifying a little shorter. It added a little more excitement to the qualifying, all right? Um, and again, it gave it that Saturday night short track feel. Okay? It wasn't the greatest... I didn't get that feel. I'm sorry, okay. I didn't. Um, but maybe at the track you did, okay? 
Because if, if they're used to seeing, if, if you've got people going there that are used to short tracks, the old old school Saturday night racing, they're used to the heat races. They're used to this. Seventy percent of them never were at a track before. I totally agree with you. <laughs> I'm just I'm going from I'm going from from NASCAR's business perspective, looking at trying to build onto something using something that's actually old school and trying to get something else going. We're not going to get old school racing back. It's not going to happen. Okay. That's why I'm going to be watching a lot of the SRX races. But I am going to get my old school racing back one way or the other. You all can I say agree. I, I, you know, I'm with you. Okay. But from a NASCAR's perspective, I don't see if we're going to get that back. You know, and they've been going this direction for a long time. Um, Too long. You know, probably the last 15 plus years. Easy. Yeah. Um, I think another thing I was just just popped into my head. I don't think we'd be going this direction if Dale Earnhardt was still around because he'd tell he'd look at me, are you guys out of your brains right now? You know, he'd flat tell them. This is not helpful. Right. You might be dragging in new people, you might be making some decent numbers uh on the TV. But, you know, in the article I wrote, one of the points I made was all right, so you had these 50,000 people there, again, 70% of which have never been to a race before, and then 50% of those couldn't name a driver. How many of those went right out and bought tickets for Fontana, Sonoma, Las Vegas, or Phoenix for even that matter? Those are the four tracks in that region. Right. I'd like to see those numbers. How many of those people did you convince that this was so cool that now we're we're gonna drive a little bit farther instead of take the L down the street and go see another race. I don't think it's gonna be that many. It may not be. I, I, and and I will say too, I read an article where they said that um, paraphernalia, you know, at the the trucks and stuff, sales for merchandise was pretty good. So again. I guess I have to sit and watch, and, and I just, for as long as I've been watching NASCAR, which is most of my adult life, the clashes, whatever it's been called, it's had a couple of different names through the years, has always been at Daytona. Right. And if they are going to make this change and not do it anymore, I've got a couple of suggestions of how I think they could make it better, more fan-friendly, and do it for folks that will appreciate it. Uh, you will reinforce some loyalty. You will have a lot of goodwill. Uh, where you've got old schoolers like me that are sitting here and just fuming watching that. Uh, and I was. I, I literally was angry. I wasn't enjoying it at all. I didn't, I didn't care for the racing. I could because as I stated, I thought that the track was too small. Yep. I didn't care for the format. Um I that's just me. It's just me. I just didn't I didn't care for it at all. Uh the whole day's events. I if I wouldn't mind seeing the clash at a short track, but not that little quarter mile flat. Um, like you said, why not take it to Bristol? Uh, you know, something like that, where especially so the drivers and teams don't have to go so far away. 
I bet you could fill up Bristol or Martinsville for a clash. I'll bet you could do it. Don't doubt that one bit. So, all right, I'm I'm done being negative. <laughs> one of the things scared. that bothered me is like every time they interviewed like a driver, or crew chief, or somebody that was like, "Oh, I want to thank NASCAR. They did a so great job." So I think they were told to say that. It wasn't like you could see. I don't think they were actually thinking that. I think they were told, "Hey, when oh. you if you're interviewed, say hey, thanks, thank you. Say make sure you say thank the NASCAR for putting oh, they, on this." They event. all had the script. Oh yeah, they it was every one of them had the same lines. Well, you could see if you go back and watch Denny Hamlin after he blew that belt, you could see the pain on his face and how he 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 didn't want another double secret fine. Yeah. Um, because you could he his his emotions and the expressions was not matching his words. Right. You could see the boy was clearly pissed. And he had some uh, constructive criticism but knew that he couldn't do it. He knew he couldn't do it. Right. So you're right, Brian. It was that's a good call. I I think they were all given a little cue card like Sleepy Joe. Here's what you say and not another word. Yeah, even it was, more. Go ahead. Even more so than usual, because NASCAR is very strict about what they say in interviews, so they have to watch how how much negative they talk about NASCAR. And this time, I think there was even more uh, pressure to say the right thing about this race. Oh, if you if you watch like the practices they had on Saturday, and then through all, all the way through, I think qualifying was Saturday night or whatever, but it was literally everybody they talked to. Is, oh, I want to first. I want to thank NASCAR for putting on this great event. They, they, I, I was a skeptic at first, and and then Tony Stewart was in on it, and Clint Boyer was in on it. I was like, dude, come on. I was I was more mad because I, I every time they interviewed somebody, you heard that. I'm like, bullshit. There's one guy that I'm wondering if he didn't get a a double secret fine. Can you guess who I'm talking about? No. Keselowski. He did an interview and said, my dad would hate this stuff. No, I didn't hear that. Didn't see that. I didn't yep. hear that one either. Yep. He couldn't go You know, he just lost his dad. Yeah. Right. Uh, in the last, you know, month or two. And, and I can't remember what the conversation was about, but he just, he said it bluntly. He says, dad, dad would hate this. Yeah, it wasn't, to me, I, it was a snooze fest. It wasn't, it wasn't banging and bang, banging and mm-hmm. The cars wouldn't take the banging and bumping. That's just. And it. then when there was, there was everybody was getting mad. Like Ryan Blaney got mad and and fucking. Hans device, didn't he? Yeah, and then yeah. and then Doofus. Uh, um, I can't, I hate him so much. I don't like his name. Um, Bubba Wallace. He got all mad because he couldn't. He didn't know how to race. He qualified last. Like really. Yep. And then uh, even um. I can't remember his name. The number 19. The only reason Bubba, I'm going to say this. The only reason Bubba's wallet got in because he bumped Kurt Busch out. Yeah. Uh, I watched that qualifying race where he actually, on the first or second lap, he moves Kurt Busch out the way. Yep. I saw that. Your teammate, that early in the race, who does that? Martin Truex Jr. didn't like it either. He was, he did horrible. Um... But also, did you see Denny Hamlin's reaction when they both crashed? (laughs) (laughs) 
he he, he kind of liked it. <laughs> well, like I said, I it it's hard for this guy at sixty years old and watching this sport for the better part of twenty or forty years to go through these growing pains. And I guess I'm going to be charitable and say, I guess they're growing pains for me. Um, now we go back to a real track and I do we'll want to, to, before we move on, I got one thing to say. One driver that impressed me on this track, watching him race, how fast, how fast he was, was knocked out early. Okay. But Ryan Priest made a good showing early on in the actual race. He did. I was he impressed ran. by Justin Haley. Him, him, yep. him as well. Him as Until well. Until he got knocked the, out, but I was impressed you know, by him. Uh, these two drivers were, were up there in the mix, up front, running, uh, doing really well early on the race. Now, I really was impressed. I'm watching Ryan Priest for a reason, but I was really impressed with that. Yeah. I liked him. Well, Tyler Reddick, Justin Haley, and Ryan Priest, all three uh, got to showcase themselves. Yeah, I think they're going to be actually, not dark horses, but somebody to, like, oh, shit. I already told you, Tyler's my dark horse for the Daytona. And rookie of the year. Tyler's, Tyler's not going to be rookie. He was there last year. Nope. He was in a different car. Nope. He's not going to be rookie of the year. He's not. He's there's not only, there's only the two year. rookies this year. And there's, it, that's Har- Harrison Burton and a couple others. Yeah. Uh, I was reading that earlier. Where are we going next, guys? Um, I, want, I want to stop being negative. Before I got on, I did a little bit of, I guess, little research, and I don't even know what this will mean, but the driver, NASCAR Cup's competitors form Driver Advisory Council. Got it right here. I don't know exactly what that means, I don't know if they're going to put, they're going to be the guys that put input and like be the, like the in-between. I don't know. But from what I've read, uh, it's being led by Jeff Burton. And who's in it? It's Kurt Busch, Austin Dillon, Corey LaJoy, Joey Logano, Kyle Petty, and Daniel Suarez. Yeah, to me it looks like uh, improving the areas of safety in motorsports, growing and enhancing the sport, maximizing the opportunities for drivers to achieve success both on and off the track. To me, it almost sounds like some kind of another diversity program, but um, I they threw safety in there, so I'm sure that's why Jeff Burton is, is a big part of it because he's always been big on that end of things. Um. I saw that as well. It'll be interesting to see how this evolves. And I, when I first saw it, I thought it was a union. That's what I thought too. Kind of this is like, I, I don't know. It, it says the, it's uh, the council, which is a current form of cup drivers, stated at least Friday that it will work with the industry to collectively move the sport forward and conduct positive change. Now. What does that actually mean going forward? I don't really understand. I don't either. A scapegoat for NASCAR if things go wrong. Well, these guys told us to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm not really I'm not sure what they're going to do with this or where it's going. 
But it, it sounds like a, another branch, like I said, to me, of their uh, diversity program. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's not a bad thing, but... Um, yeah, that's something I just saw Again, today. I'm old school, so you perform on uh, your abilities and not what you look like. I hope that's not what this is about, but... Yeah, I don't know exactly. So I'm pretty sure that may become an impact later on, or like, oh, it's it, they swayed the decision of NASCAR of certain things. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, again, they there's been times in NASCAR's history where they they have listened. Uh, you know, we have certain rules like the pit road. That's Ricky Rudd. Uh, because I think it was at Homestead where. He almost killed two of his pet pit members, or somebody else did. Um, you've got no more racing to the caution because of Dale Jarrett at Michigan. Um, well, it's so, the same thing with when the caution happens, you all stop because Juan Pablo ran in the back of a, you know, dryer. The air dryer. I, I still say that was one of the coolest accidents ever. That was like, what the hell? <laughs> right. So that's stuff like yeah, it's all like we'll see how it goes, but man, it could be know, it could be a positive thing to be uh, instead of reactive, proactive on certain things. You know, I don't know because that all the the things we just listed were all uh, reactive type things yeah. versus trying to stop. I don't know. Well, you got smart minds in there with Jeff Burton and Kyle Petty and then Kurt Busch, and the other ones are all young besides really Joey, but we'll see. See how it goes. Yep. I said it'll be fun to see or follow it as it evolves. Yeah, and see what it goes into. Oh, to answer your previous question, the rookies of the year is going to be uh, Austin Sindrick, Harris Burton, and Todd Gilliland. Yeah, and we made predictions in the first episode or whatever. Yep. I had yep. to go back and see what we said. I think I said Harris and Burton myself, but I can't remember. Well, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, he's another one who showed up pretty good at the Clash, but the Clash is, you know, not really much to go on, but he actually performed pretty decent, too. Yeah. I think he's going to do well um, throughout the whole year, but I, I, Wood Brothers are infamous for putting one hell of a piece on the track at Daytona. Yeah. Which leads me to another thing. <laughs> I knew where you are going. Yep. Trevor Bain. Yep. He's back at Joe Gibbs. Uh, contracted at this point in the Xfinity Series for seven racers. I think he is back at, or put in this role, obviously for this. But I also believe Joe Gibbs was sitting there and watched what Tony Stewart did with hiring the utility man and said, uh, I better do that too. And I think that's kind of what Trevor Bain's there for is a backup driver for the cup guys. Yeah. He's uh, apparently racing seven races. I don't think they've announced what seven races driving the number 18, but it wasn't 18 last year driven by his grandson or something like that. I think Joe Gibbs grandson a, about three or four different uh, yeah, yeah, Kyle and uh, is it Ty Gibbs? Yeah, Ty Gibbs was his. Yeah, 
And he did really I, I well mean, in the car, so I don't know why. Maybe yeah. maybe they're splitting again. Um, That's what I'm wondering, if maybe he's just joining the rotation. Yeah, and then the, the sponsor, in the only way it's apparently the only way it's really happening because it's sponsor-driven uh, by Devotion Nutrition. I don't know if that's okay. his thing. I know he left and made a whole bunch of businesses. Trevor did. I think his it was a coffee business or coffee franchise. It might be. But I just know it's his sponsor, or at least for him, or he's bringing a sponsor to the team, is Devotion Nutrition. But when I saw that, I was really excited because he didn't, he kind of got the crap end of the stick with Roush. Yeah. Yeah, you think? So I might, this kind of maybe his second shot type thing and to get back in and work his way up. We'll see how it goes. But yes, I saw that too and I was pretty excited to see Devotion that. Ocean Nutrition Toyota uh starting at Auto Club, then to Phoenix, Charlotte, Nashville, New Hampshire, Vegas, Homestead. Ratcliffe will serve as his crew chief. Uh I'm not seeing that he's sharing with anybody. They're not. Yeah, popular. I'm looking at the team chart, and it's just showing him on the 18 running seven races. Okay. Where's Ty Gibbs going? I mean, my doesn't thing. he have his? Doesn't he have? I had the ride. Um, Ty Gibbs was number I, 18 last year, so I don't know where is he leaving the 18. Like, didn't Ty do something? Um, I saw where he was doing something. I don't. All right, let me filter it this way. Team chart. Oh, I think he's the number 54. In the cup? No, it'll be expanded. I just don't see. I don't, I don't think Joe Gibbs to get rid of his grandson. All right, right now we're saying Ty Gibbs. And the 54. Yeah, the 54. Um, it's got a question mark by it, so. Could be a sponsoring thing. He has Monster. He has Monster. And sports clips. Yeah, he has Monster. Yeah. Um, it's possible Gibbs runs the number 54. That, that again, is a Kyle Bush-rooted uh, number. Yes, so, that is. As a, I thought that, too, is Kyle Bush. Yeah. Yeah, when I so look I'm on the when I look on the NASCAR website for Ty Gibbs, it's number fifty four. Well, if it comes down to it, Grandpa will make sure they might be they might be out there fishing for sponsors as a corporate end of things. But if believe me, um, Trevor Bain isn't going to have a ride and his grandson not drive at all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be the monster in number 54. And I Sports guess. Clip, I think, was the other one with him. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. He ain't going to go anywhere. He's actually been winning races. He's not just riding around. I was say, he's been driving really well. Yeah. Ty yeah, Gibbs yeah, has. Yeah. Hmm? No, and, uh, I'll say this on their choice of picking uh, Trevor Bain. With the available drivers out there, it's not a bad choice. No, oh, I've not always at been all. a Trevor. I've always been a Trevor Bain fan, and uh, to me, it, it to, it's kind of like what Brian said. And I don't know what happened, and I'm not going to blame management, and I'm not going to blame Trevor. But somehow or another, um, he didn't get the support that he deserved. 
Uh, and I, you know, because the performance wasn't there. You couldn't blame um, Trevor. The cards weren't performing. Cords weren't really yeah. good. And on top of Roush, Roush cords weren't really good when he went to yeah, it. At that time. Oh, yeah, they weren't good at all. It was straight Toyota or Chevy. And Ford kind of been lagging right now. Well, even then, it was toy, it was Chevy, Toyota, or Penske Fords. Yeah. And I, I've always questioned that. They run the same powertrain. What is Penske doing different performance-wise that Roush isn't? There's got to be something in the setup or something in the in the, in the the chassis. Well, Roush Yates was making the engines for all three teams. Right. They got, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I was Well, think about at. it two years ago, same thing with Kevin Harvick winning, what, 10 races? You know, on a Ford. Doesn't didn't Roush Yates make the team uh for Stuart Haas too? Yeah. As well? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It just might be shit, crew drivers. It might be their actual setup. Who knows? Who knows what they went down to, but obviously they're lagging behind somewhere. Right. Now with Keslowski coming from Penske over there, he could probably bring in some secrets. I don't know. We'll see how he performs this year. Saw an interview somewhere, and I can't remember where I saw it, so I'm not going to waste time looking for it. But Keslowski, I didn't read the article. Um, gave another interview about why he left, um, Penske, and it was not flattering at all, from what I could gather. I just scrolled past it. Um, I didn't think we'd get into that, but I might um, read it and get some updates for next week. Yeah, he was not a happy boy and other than having the ownership opportunity or part ownership with Roush um again I just skimmed through it I I didn't even make it to the end to figure out what was going on but to me it sounds like he would have left regardless anyway yeah um you guys keep talking I'm gonna I don't know. I'm interested with Keselowski being in the six. I just sucks. Ryan Newman's out of the ride. What Chris Buescher in the 17? I don't. We'll see. I think he's going to bring knowledge and maybe some secrets. And but he didn't really perform all that well at the Clash. But the Clash isn't really. It's a crapshoot, anyways. So we'll see how he they all perform at Daytona, and we'll see if they do the stupid fucking manufacturer shit too. You know, don't help them out. So. It's been like that the last five, six years at Daytona. I'm interested to see how pretty much all the cars perform, but teams also. Right. Who's going to be like the right. surprise? I'll be willing to bet, and I'm going to look at Brad. Brad Brad's going to make the chase. No doubt in my mind. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, when they're 16, it's half the field. Yeah, I can see him making it. How far? I don't know. I think he wants. I think he wants to bring that organization back to what it was with, you know, Mark Martin and Jeff Burton and even Kurt Busch winning and, Mar- and Matt Kenseth. You know, I think he wants to bring that all back. I think he's the one. He if anyone can, he can. Well, even back, you know, let's say more recent, Carl Edwards. Like you know, he he did pretty. He performed well in those cars. Well, I look at Ryan Newman. If if a college-educated engineer couldn't make those cars run, Brad better be bringing some secrets with him. Yeah, but with this new car, everybody's guessing right now. 
You better have well. That's true. High high education to understand what with the new car because there's it's a lot lot different than last year. That and I would question how much they actually listen to Ryan if he suggested something. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, well, how much do they listen to the Ryan? That's another thing too. I can agree with that. Uh, anybody got another topic? Not really. I've I've scanned some news. Uh, all I see is a bunch of sponsorship stuff, part time partial sponsors. Uh, I just knew award they got. What is it? The um, Arrowhead Award, Arrow Up Award. Uh, um, Arrowhead Bass Brass, a leading uh, global manufacturer of quality uh, plumbing and integrated parts, announced signing up multi year agreement as a NASCAR contingency sponsor in both the Xfinity Series and and uh, Cup Series as some kind of award, a perform an on track performance award throughout the season. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, Just more trophies for participating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them was a lot of sponsorship stuff been announced. Uh, Chase Elliott got an extension on his. Unifirst sponsorship to like 2029 right. or 2028. Like, he's wow. gonna have, yeah, he's, it's gonna be a long time. He's gonna have them. Um, there's another one with the uh, Brad Keselowski and Chris Busher got an extension on their one of their sponsors too. They just announced Twitter. Um, I can look real quick. Here's one on uh, Steps Towing Incorporated, sir, and sir, uh, as uh. Become the official towing company for NASCAR to serve for on-track recovery and this type of thing. Uh, it was Wyndham Rewards. Uh, they both got getting sponsored by it for Brad Kozowski and Chris Bush. Okay. Car looks slick. But it's funny, someone commented on it and because the numbers are forward and they have Wyndham rewards on it on the side. The whole rear quarter panel has nothing on it. And someone goes, oh, we moved all the numbers so we can have sponsorship space and the whole quarter panel is nothing. I thought it was funny. I don't mind the numbers. It didn't really bother me watching it on TV. I didn't, no, it didn't me either. It didn't, it, it, you know, when you look at a car, you're like, oh, crap. But when you're watching it, it really, it's really not much of a... Displeased. Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. You didn't yeah, even really notice it. No, it didn't bother you at all. Sponsors. I look at it like this. I'm not watching the race and how the car looks as far as the paint schemes or how the. Yeah, that's, like, no, get me wrong. I'm watching to see how they. I'm watching the race to watch the racing. They can put the number in the back quarter panel for all I care. Okay? It's an aesthetic as as thing. Know, yeah, as long as I can see who's driving the car, yeah. I'm good. I actually like it. And is, if it can be. Designed well with a sponsorship or whatever, I'm okay with it. It didn't bother me at all. Well, I did notice that the the sponsors, uh, they they used their space. Yep. <laughs> you know they, yep. they 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 weren't uh, cutting corners or abbreviating anything. It was all there. Yep. Yeah. And that may be a good thing for the sponsors at least to have yep. their. Well, it, it, it's more inviting for sponsors to go on a car now instead of oh you're on the hood and you're only watching the car from the side sometimes. 
you only see their number. Now they're watching from the side. They see their whole sponsor. So it's it's more inviting for sponsors to come on board now. Yeah, that's true. Did you guys see uh, Jimmy Johnson's teasing a return to NASCAR? I saw no, that. I I don't doubt it. He, he he sat down for an interview. I don't know. It was in the last ten days, and. I guess it was due to his announcement that he is going to race the full IndyCar schedule this year, right down to the Daytona five or the Indianapolis 500. Uh, But in the conversation, he's, he claims that he's been offered, uh, has offers to come back to NASCAR. He also has offers to go to the SRX series and he's also had offers to go back to his uh, off-road truck racing. And he said that he is open to a return to NASCAR if the right situation presents itself. So I, I kind of thought that was interesting. Uh, but who's it going to be for? It can't be for Hendrick here. He has four cars. I know. Unless he's going to go under, you know, let's say... Junior brings a cup car, but it's all Hendrick shit anyways. Right. That's the only thing I can see. I don't know who would. I mean, there, there's a lot of young talent out there. I don't know. And, and I'm not saying Jimmy Johnson is a has-been, but I am saying his be- best days are gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the it's, 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 it's same thing has happened with him and Junior. They both got in these accidents or concussions, and then they weren't the same after. Yeah. But, no, he's had his heyday, and he's obviously seven-time champ, lots of wins. Uh, will he actually come in and compete? That's the thing. I wouldn't, if I were him, I wouldn't do it unless I could actually compete. I, I mean, since he's made it official that he's doing the full IndyCar uh, schedule this year, all right, fine, go do that. Get that out of your system, and then if it were me, I'd ride off into the sunset and go do the SRX series just because I think that would be fun. Um, uh, the, you take a look at the, uh, who's in the SRX. I, I still find it ironic that Jeremy Mayfield may he's been offered to come back and race that schedule. I don't know who offered it to him, but I think it's great. Uh, I was never really a Jeremy fan. But I, and he did some pretty shady things off the track as well as lying about his personal habits when he got caught. But same thing with uh, uh, Almendinger, but he's you know doing well. <laughs> yeah, but Almendinger went through the protocols. He yeah, went yes. through all the classes. Yeah. He he, and that's what Jeremy screwed up. He not only wouldn't admit the problem, he, he refused any treatment or help or any of the protocols. Almondinger said, yep, I got a problem. Tell me what to do. Yeah, he's working his way, and he's doing well. He, what, he won a race last year, so in the cup. Yeah. Was it in the cup? Yeah, he won the Brickyard Road Race. No. I don't even know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Brickyard Road Race. It's the Indy Road Race. It wasn't even like an Indy 500 anymore. It's the Indy Road Race. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's some other tidbits. Jesse Uwaji, the Black Navy um, Reserve guy. He's got a full ride in Xfinity on Emmett Smith's team. 
that's another little thing. You know, they're trying to make it, you know, obviously because Black History Month and he's only the second guy and he's Army or Navy Reserve. So, and Emmett Smith, another sports, another black owner. So, yeah. So it's, we'll see how it goes. But he has, the only thing with him, he has no background in racing. None. And he knows that. So they're not going to perform well. But they're giving him a full ride in Xfinity under Emmett Smith's team. Now, how much money is he going to waste? I don't know. I'm, well, you know I'm what? wondering, NASCAR is going to allow this guy to race with no race experience? Yeah, as long as he has a license. I think that's all I really care. He's going to have to do something to... And, and a lot of these guys, all they have to do is go out and, you know, do a practice, and if they're impressed enough with you, they'll give you your, your license. Yeah. I want to show what the process was on getting your NASCAR racing license. I figured. Now that, I I gotta admit, I I, I don't either. Totally, yeah. I I I do not know what the criteria. Um, I'm sure it's like a DOT physical just to get things going. Um, I, I don't know. I just automatically assumed because of the history of NASCAR racers that these guys have been racing the majority of their lives anyway coming into this. So they were built with experience on some sort of racing knowledge on how to operate, how to handle the cars and perform on the tracks. So you have a guy coming in who's never raced before, apparently. Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't. I think it's but more I don't know of... the background. Yeah, I don't know the background of it. so I. I'm I think it's gonna... the scenario around that team is why they're doing it. Okay. Okay. Political. I mean, at least probably. <laughs> He's a black driver during Black History Month. Got, yeah, at least Jack Villeneuve's got some uh, a little bit of racing experience. Yeah. Anyway, I kind of wonder how it's going to be interesting. I I'm not going to lie. I will be keeping an eye on him at the Daytona 500 just to see how he does. Can't do worse than uh, uh, Kilio Castro. No, not Kilio, but uh, Juan Pablo. Yeah, or was it Janet Guthrie that? I don't remember, but. Um, <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. There's another little tidbit. Um, I didn't even know this when I thought about it. Fad Moffat, do you know that's Richard Petty's grandson? Yeah, yeah. I had I no did. idea. He's uh, he, yeah, he's got a full time ride in the trucks now. Yeah, in the number forty three car, which I thought was a little cool. I didn't know that was his grandson. So I did. So that was yes, another thing uh, I saw. STP number 43 trucks full-time. I think it's cool. I really yep, do. I thought it was cool when I heard it read that. That's definitely a diecast to look at for later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I made a comment to Amy a few weeks ago. I haven't bought a diecast in a couple of years. But first one I'm buying this year, I'm going to get a six. And then there's a few more that I want from the past couple of years I haven't bought yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, the six is my next diecast I'm buying. What's your favorite one of all time that you have? My favorite of all time that I have? Yeah, that you own. I I haven't looked at my collection in so long. Most of it's still in boxes, packed from when I uh, moved here. But one of the ones at the top of my list, I have an I have a number three Oreos car, and I have I have. Michael Waltrip's Star Wars car. Not impressed. (laughs) 
I didn't think you would be. The car looks cool. I liked it. It's a twenty. It's a. It's a. It's a, it's a, it's a twenty-one Wood Brothers car. It's a Waltrip car. That's the one I'm not. <laughs> I've, I, I've got four in my collection. That you're going to be surprised at all four of them. I've got the Dale Earnhardt and Earnhardt Jr. Coca-Cola racing schemes when they went to Japan as a set. I got those. I'm not That's, surprised you have that. Um, and then two of my other ones, and this is going to surprise you too, because you know how many cars I've got from Jeff. But Chad Little's 97, John Deere. Okay. I'm surprised you got that one. That well, I like Chad Little. Yeah, I, just, I did too. I did. Um, but I love that car. I it, it's not fancy. It's not extravagant. I just love that car. And then uh, Jeff Burton's '99 Exide. I got that one with the with the pink and uh, blue and how yes. it kind of fades in. And yes, those are my four one. favorites. Well, people don't realize end. the color of that pink in real life compared to TV. Oh my God! You had to put sunglasses on at yeah. the track. You don't realize thing. how vibrant and how cool that color looked mm-hmm. compared to what the TV made it. You know, dulled it down. Oh. So. That oh, was, they hewed it down on TV. <laughs> yeah. When I get my man cave up like I want, I will have all my cars displayed. I do have a set of cars that I think are I think is very interesting. I have a set of cars dated for a race that didn't happen. Really? Remember the first year that NASCAR was going to go racing nights in July in Daytona? Mm-hmm. Okay. They had to cancel that race. Because of forest fires or something that year. That it was. You remember that now, yeah. They had okay. to move it. No, they didn't move it. They just canceled it for another date and went back and raced at the track. I think. Okay. Well, they did get the race in, but it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't on. It wasn't on July fourth. The way it's. Yeah. Okay. Or was I, that when the Hurricane Hugo came through? I don't remember. But for some, but it, uh, it I was. Thought, it was, I thought it was, it was fires. Oh, it was a natural disaster. I remember that. Yeah. But I got a set of cars dated for the Daytona Under the Lights, July 4th, 19, was it 1997? Sounds about right. I have, is that, to me, that's one of my, that is my coolest set, I think. Yeah. That, yeah, because they never made the track on that right. date. Right. Okay. Brian's looking it up, I can tell. No, I'm just looking <laughs> oh. at. Who would have, oh, I, I was just more or less thinking, what car would you get now as a diecast? Like, whose car stands me, out? Me, none, because I can't stay in the car. I'm just talking about, just, okay, paint scheme-wise. Paint scheme-wise? Like, who who would be, like, cool to, like... I would I say William... I like William Byron's car. The way the color is, like... It's kind of like a Rainbow Warrior, almost. Well, I'll put it... If you put a gun to my head and told me I had to buy a car right now, a, a, a 118 or a 124, it would definitely be Chase Elliott and the number nine Napa car. I that, do like that, that car, too. That would be my only choice. I actually started to buy that car when I was at Daytona two years ago or three years ago, whatever it was. I would give strong consideration to a Ryan Blaney car. Um, doesn't doesn't yeah, he have yeah DeWalt? Is it DeWalt no, he has? No, it's uh, no. Menards. Menard. 
Yeah. Really? Hmm. It's Menards mixed with somebody else. It's like half and half. All right. Yeah, it's... uh. His advanced auto one's pretty nice looking. Yeah. Isn't he number 12? Yep. No. Yeah. yeah. And it's his is Menards and it's whatever, something else on the hood, but his most of his car is that chartreuse color. And then he has like another sponsorship for the front hood most of the time. I'd buy this one here. Um, and I'm not sure. I have to do more research on when it is. But it's Austin Dillon. Oh, that's from 2020. Okay. I didn't I definitely want that car. Um, it's American Ethanol number three with the paint stri- race stripe stri- down the middle. That's from 2020. I wouldn't mind having Tony Stewart's last year with Office Depot or uh, Old Spice on there. His Mobile yeah. One, too, his car. I like his Mobile One car. Yeah. So. All right. Go, um, go to the racetrack on the tents on the outside. I'm pretty sure you can find any of them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, something I wanted to bring up, actually two little um, tidbits. I, I was angry after we got done recording the last show. We happened to do that on the second anniversary of John Andretti's passing, and I we should have brought that up. So I just wanted to... Yes. Make let them know we didn't really forget. I don't know why we didn't see that, but I wanted to mention that. And then also this week we lost Wendell Scott. Yes, we I did notice that. Yeah. Uh, so that, um, of course, he was old old school, but he's been around and he's been fairly active uh, right up till um, the future. Um. Mm-hmm or the, 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 the recent past, but uh, that that was a big loss. I wanted to make mention of that. And then uh, there's one other. Uh, I had to look him up just to figure out who he was, but Gary Bumgardner, uh, he, I believe he worked for Joe Gibbs. Uh, yeah, he, he worked for Joe Gibbs for over 30 years, was considered an icon. Um, what was his role? Well, didn't Joe Gibbs' son die recent? Like it'd be around this time a couple years ago. JD. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, I know it, that anniversary's got to be coming up because there's like a huge thing around Daytona, right? I don't remember when JD. It's passed been a few the, years. Yeah, it's been a little bit because it was a, they kept that secret. January eleventh. Uh, so it's, it's been a month past, but I knew that was I knew it was a huge thing at Daytona. So January eleventh. Yeah, because that was a uh, an industry. I remember when they announced that because nobody knew they they kept it as a family uh, only deal. When when and just announced it because he he I guess had a heck of a battle with cancer of some kind. So all right. Uh, you guys see anything else that interests you? Nothing that popped up. No, nothing. Uh, nothing noteworthy. All right. Um, I'm sure we're all going to be glued to our TVs. Our uh, computer, in my case, probably. 
<laughs> Starting the 15th, we've got practices. Yep. Uh, not very long. They're not even an hour long practice either one. They're only 15. Hey, they got 15. practices and they got qualifying, so I'm happy yep. with that. They don't have yep. that yep. bullshit seated I'm gonna by be watching place placement. The one I'll be watching all that at work on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I'm really waiting for, and I love every year, is obviously the duels. Those are on uh, Thursday. At, and I do like that they actually moved them back to the evening. I know they did that a year or two or three ago, because I'll never forget um, having to hurry to get home from work because they were doing them at like 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And I'm sorry, trying to hurry through the roads in, in Michigan or mid-February, that really sucked sometimes. <laughs> but I always found a way to make it. I always found a way to get there. And then, of course, you got the weekend schedule. So um, we'll be talking about all that. Yeah. Uh, and just for, for those that don't know, I'm sure anybody that might be listening to us do, is that when are they doing poll qualifying? I have not. I've been looking. They used to do it on this day where, you know, the, the Sunday before the 500 do front row qualifying. Right. He, he right now, I'm, I have the schedule up. I'm going to read it by day. On Thursday, the 15th, 5 o'clock is first practice, and the second practice, that's 6.35. And Wednesday, 8.05 p.m. is qualifying. Single car, one lap, two rounds. Is that for Wednesday? Yes. Okay. That is Wednesday, the 16th. And then uh, on Thursday, they have the duels, which obviously does the inside line, outside line, finishing order. Seven o'clock, and then eight forty-five. Now, in the duels, just to make sure everybody knows that the what is it the even finishers inside on the outside, outside and the odd finishers go on the inside. Right. Um. And the only two only car that has this choice of where to start is always the leader. Yep. Outside or inside. And that gets set at qualifying on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. And then that also doesn't include the tr practice for, you know, ARCA and the truck on Thursday. People care. It'll be then, a lot of good racing this weekend. Yeah. And or this week. Truck's always a smash yeah. and burn. So even yeah. all of them are, but trucks are really entertaining to watch. But Friday's qualifying for the trucks, or ARCA qualifying for the trucks, practice for Xfinity. Third practice for the truck or the cup, and then Friday night is the truck race. Yep. Um, and final practice for cup on Saturday, qualifying for Xfinity on Saturday, uh, Arca's, Arca's race at 1.30 on Saturday, and then Xfinity right after that uh, at 5, and then Sunday's Daytona 500 at I'm not going to be getting my sleep this weekend. <laughs> I was say, there's, it's quite quite <laughs> packed this weekend. Well, I, I will say, in my opinion, two of the best races this weekend are going to be the Arca and the Truck. Yeah, Truck's I, always I, no been. Doubt. No doubt. Trucks and Arca, those boys are looking to graduate as well. Um, Don't get me wrong, the Xfinity and the Cup race, they're, you know, they are what they are. But you want to talk about two races where they got nothing to lose. And I'm telling you, there's been some really barn burners uh, 
for and again i love the arca race um, oh that brings me to um josh white he switched from toyota to ford if you don't know yes i knew I, that i, I saw that. that i just like kind of little tidbit arca he switched to ford you know i saw something about the Xfinity race that had me questioning something um now we bring that up It goes back to the rookie of the year thing. In the Xfinity series, or the truck series, rather, Corey Helm is going to be running for rookie of the year in Kyle Busch's truck. Doesn't he have more races under his belt to be able to qualify for rookie of the year? Has he? Who is this? Corey Helm, H-E-I-M. That name's familiar. I uh, I couldn't tell you. I, I, I that doesn't sound like anything to me. Um, trying to looking for. Okay, that's why Arca Racing. That's where it's thanks. I was going to say, if anything, that might be an Arca deal. Yeah, it was Arca deal. He ran Fords and Arca. I remember now. Okay. He had his own racing, Corey Him Racing. I'm trying to find uh, an entry list. There's going to be certain oh, people not go. sitting out. There's, now there's more cars and slots in the Daytona, so there's going to be somebody not making it. I just want to know if Frank Kimmel's going to be in it again. Oh, the Arca series? Yeah. Oh, well, in the Daytona. I don't know if oh, he's... Okay. I, don't, I haven't seen his name pop up as, 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 an, as, an, as being in. I'm looking, looking, looking. I'm not seeing I don't drivers. Hearing. Drivers, here we go. Frank Kimmel, I think he lives just to race the Daytona 500. I'm not... I'm not seeing him. He's getting old, but boy, I'll tell you what, he's like old, uh, what's his face that just whooped on NASCAR over, uh, Rockingham. God, I can't believe I'm, I've got too many names running around in my head. Oh, well. But anyway, like I said, to me, that, that ARCA race is one, it's short and sweet. It's like only 150 miles. And it's, I mean, the only reason they have to pit is because they burn off the right side tires. Right. But. Oh. Brian, I don't know where we're at on time and we need to eat up more or we have enough or. Oh, we're over an hour. Okay. Uh, we're an hour and almost 10 minutes. Okay. Well, then we could probably wrap it up. Uh, just looking real, I'm like Frank, I'm probably not going to get much sleep from Wednesday on. 
Um, it's when right. everything really starts. But it's going to be fun. Um, well, I work nights from like 6 o'clock at night to 5 in the morning. Okay. So everything that happens before that, I'm going to be watching until 4 o'clock. And at 4 o'clock, i got to leave for work. Put the phone on the dash. But I'm excited. Um, obviously, we're probably not going to do another podcast until after the Daytona 500. But I, I'm just going into this. I'm I'm be looking for a couple of things. I want to obviously see how this car does. Both performance as far as on-track performance and mechanical. Because now mechanical is an issue. Durability. Yep. Yeah. It, it's an issue. Uh Obviously, as we just got done discussing, I'm looking forward to the other series races. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. kind of piqued my interest when he came out publicly and said that the teams are already targeting some areas where they may be able to get into some gray areas as far as... Oh, of course. You know, which... That was my response. Well, I'd be embarrassed for them if they weren't yeah. trying to identify. I mean, right. <laughs> that's the crew chief's job. Yep. Figure out how to make that car run best and, and how far he can get into that gray area before NASCAR gets irritated with him. So there, there's going to be a couple of things to pay attention to. Uh, when the big one happens, because we know Ooh. it will, that to me is going to be interesting. I want to see how these cars cave in, break away. Uh, if somebody goes up against a fence, I want to see what that fence does to this composite stuff versus sheet metal. Um, because you know it's going to happen. Yeah, well, um, it's going to be quite interesting how how this car performs. This is obviously Daytona is going to be a crash and burn, and then obviously throughout the year we'll find out. But Daytona is going to be a big test for him because a lot of these cars or uh, owners are, don't have more than two cars. You know. Well, they already came out and said that uh, whoever the Daytona 500 winner is, they can keep their car this year. They're just going to do a like a laser re-imaging of it with all the confetti on it and then put it on a dummy car for the for the museum good colleague came out and said at the at the i feel bad for him they crashed but they only had the two cars they had were at the clash they crashed one of them they only had two cars and that was it and then the trucker shut down the bridge so they're really screwed <laughs> I'm just yeah. sorry. I had to find some humor there. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, for sure. Looking forward. Yes. Yep. It's going to be a great information and question, answers to questions type of week. And more uh, questions to follow. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I, you know, what happens if we have a big one in one of the duels? And Oh, it's going to happen. You know, we, we lose four or five cars, and it's one of the lesser teams that may only have a single car. Well, look at, I, I don't know if Jacques Villeneuve's got two cars well, at the ready. Look, uh, look at Floyd Mayweather's. You know, he probably only has one car himself. Yeah. His team. 
Which begs a question: If you actually win the pole on or nope. the front row on on, uh, you're not racing. You're going to go right to the back. Do you take the chance of going to the duels or just start and park? Start and park. There's no definitely start and park. You don't want the practice time right now. You get to practice time later. You don't want to boot rest that car in a race unless you race in the back. But even then, you're still liable to get hit and get. Crashed. I was going to say, do you want that extra seat time in the draft, whether you hang around at the end of it or? At the back of the pack? I mean, there's a lot of good questions as to what strategy these teams will take. Right. Uh, you know, if you're someone like, again, I keep using Jacques Villeneuve because I'm not sure else has to, to race in, don't, doesn't have a charter. Uh, but do you just hang on the edge of the cutoff the best you can all day long and try and stay out of the mix? Do you take the chance with racing with the lesser talented people in the back? And hope that you, you know, there's there's a lot of different strategies that could be played out. And I just, it's going to be fun to watch, see how they do it. You know, if I'm an owner and I've got maybe two cars on one of the lower teams, if I got a charter, if I'm in, if I'm in the race, Not risky. I may, yeah, I'm, if I go to, go to the, for the duels, I may just race long enough to get some seat time. Don't worry about what position. I'm already in the race. Yeah. Well, the thing is, and again, let's face it, at Daytona, it doesn't really matter where you start. Yeah. Right. The thing is, though, they got to look towards the future because they're not going to fix that car in a, in a week for the next race. So and they got to go clear back out to the freaking West Coast. So they got to they gotta look for the future, too. If they only have two or three cars, maybe one reserve, you're not crashing that car because, or don't want to give the risk because you got to, that car has to be used for next week. Mm-hmm. So... It's, it's, it's not like in the past where you had a super speedway car, yeah. a race car, a short track car. No, they're all the same Inter car now. Intermediate car. Yep, they're all the same. Yeah. So they can't they can't risk wrecking all their cars and having nothing for the next week, just piecing something together. NASCAR really dropped the ball on this, I think. I, well, like I said, I've been trying to stay positive, but I think this to me is going to be. It's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be super fantabulous, fantastic, or is it going to be a complete and utter disaster? There's going to be certain teams that are going to be stretched thin for the, after this weekend for for a car right. for the coming weeks. Because they're, they're going to be – look at Tony Stewart. When he first got into it, he wrecked all of his cars. He's like, we were out of cars. You know, mm -hmm. so there's going to – as Tony Stewart and Stuart Haas, who's a fucking billionaire. So – what do you do if you're one of the lower tier teams exactly. and you lose all your cars? Do you try and buy a t car from you're gonna say have a Hendrix to. that may have, you know? You're going to have to, yeah. Or buy the frame at least and then then hang the part. Yeah. You're, it's <laughs> it's going to be interesting of who gets who's going to get hurt from cars being damaged. Like well, I think it's going to every format and every configuration that NASCAR has tried as far as the teams and their equipment. It's going to be the gazillionaires that come out on top because they'll have the resources and it's going to be the little guy left in the dust. And I guess my point of this is if you're a little guy, you might as well get used to it because no matter what NASCAR does to try and even the playing field, somehow or another, y'all are, are just not going to be able to keep up with them. Yeah, they have the, the bigger teams. Yeah, they have the money and the resources. Yeah. And and manpower. They have the crew. They have the garage people. They have, you know, some of these guys have five people in the garage and like Hendrick has hundreds. Mm-hmm. So they have they, they have deep, the manpower. They have a deep 
Yeah, they got some of these the... guys. Their pit crew is their garage crew. Yep, yeah. part time. <laughs> and, and they got a deep bench, some of them. But all right, it, it'll be interesting, guys. Can't wait. It, it's definitely going to have a couple pages full of notes by the time yeah. we get together. <laughs> yeah, yeah you better have your notepad next to you watching this race. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. All right, guys. I am done. If you're done. Yep. Um. I see. I kind of got want to iterate. You know, some of these comments. We'll read comments and try to, you know, incorporate anybody who comments, or if it's a you know interesting comment, not a dumb. Um. Also with Discord and whenever it starts getting more traction, we look. I'm. I want to look for mods. Somebody can post and update certain things when we can't. But other than that, looking forward to the weekend. Yep. I've noticed on Discord. I'm going to wait for that to be stopped recording. <laughs> All right. Well, let me get going on it.